0: Hello, welcome to North Valley Church's Sermon Podcast. We are in a series titled Worship to Please God. If you would like more information on North Valley Church or our sermon podcast, you can find us on our website, nvcmd.org. Good morning again. Yesterday, I was reflecting a little bit on the fact that I am like 61 years old, right? Gray hairs. I've earned these things, man. <laughs> it's not like my birthday, but I happen to be 61. And, and most of my, as I do the math, most of my life, I didn't know who Jesus was. So I got saved, I figured out who Jesus was like in my 30s. So in this transition where I'm living the way I used to live to, oh, I'm going to be living for Jesus, figuring out things to do, different ways to look at things. We had been attending a church, and somebody we knew at the church, somebody we were friends with and had a relationship with had run into some difficult times and had some financial hardships. And at the time, we, they were looking like they might be long-term financial difficulties. So at the time I had a, I had a well-paying job. Millie had a decent paying job. And so we pulled aside to ourselves and went, Hey, why don't we, why don't we help this person out and give him some money? Okay. So we wrote him a check and gave him a little card. Hey, this is for to help you out, blah, blah, blah. And we kept doing it. We didn't hear anything about their situation improving, but every month or so, we would send them money. We would give them money in a check, in a card, and, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, I'm doing a great thing, right? Um, I'm doing the real Christian thing. I'm helping somebody out. I'm giving them money, right? I got this, You're right? All right, God's really proud of me. After a few months of that, this person finally pulls me aside and says, enough. This is embarrassing. You need to stop doing it no more. And it was kind of took me aback. I'm like, oh, wow, I thought I was doing a really good thing. But the person receiving it had not received it in the same way I thought they might be. I thought I was doing a good thing, but it turns out where it was going, it wasn't blessing the person. It was offending them and embarrassing them. Sometimes we get into modes where we think we're doing a good thing, but really we're not. I was talking to somebody else last week, and we were talking about Christmas gifts. I have a history, maybe some of y'all join me in this. I have a history of not giving very good Christmas gifts. When I would get Millie a Christmas gift, I would get her the thing I wanted her to have. (laughs) <laughs> See, y'all oh, get me <clears throat> We did that for 10-15 years And Millie said, enough We are not exchanging Christmas gifts And so we don't exchange Christmas gifts the last maybe 5 years We started working back to um, I'm getting like a 40 or $50 budget To get something small But I'm not allowed to get her a big Christmas gift Because I will spend a bunch of money On something she really doesn't want I think I'm doing a good thing, but the place where it's going isn't being well anybody else got my back here. Yeah, maybe I've all oh, right, yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes we think we're doing a good thing, but really we're not. And if we don't excuse me, don't look towards the person we're doing that gift or doing that thing for, we're we're gonna miss the mark. We're we're not even gonna know the answer. It happens when you're trying to help somebody out. It happens with Christmas gifts. It happens with people. It happens with God. It happens with God. It happens with our worship. We can do things in our worship that we feel really good about. But when you take and stop for a moment and check in with God, hey, how did you feel about that? He may or may not been very excited about what it is that we thought was worship be to God. We are going to begin a worship series about worship to please God. If there's one context for the next four weeks, that's what I want us to zone in on. That whatever it is we think we're doing to worship God is focused to please God. If what we're doing isn't pleasing to Him, then we need to check out of it and find something different. So today we're going to start just by examining this little truth, this little idea I'm presenting today, that maybe not all worship is pleasing to God. And we're going to look at some offerings and look at whether these offerings were pleasing to God or not. So today's sermon is Pleasing Offerings. There we go. Look at that. Today's sermon is pleasing offerings. We're going to step into the book of Genesis and take a look at a couple of dudes named Cain and Abel and their offerings to God. Okay, this is not Family Sunday. This is an adult swim. So we are going to begin today's scripture. It's brushed right out of the Bible with a little bit of adult content. Everybody okay with that? Just say Okay. Okay. Adam made love to his wife, Eve. Whoa, that's right there, man. I need a drink of water. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, if you're just cruising along reading, you might just read that and keep going. But think about this for a moment. Up until this moment, Adam and Eve were the human beings and God had created them. Eve is the first other person, other than God, to create a human being. She's like, oh great, googly-muggly, I just made another human. It was amazing, we're laughing, it's an amazing moment. It is a milestone in our history of what we're doing, of how we're continuing as a species, and the baby showers that we've got coming up for the next couple of months, it's something to celebrate. Eve was celebrating. Moving on. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And also, Abel brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. So, not brain surgery. One of them became a farmer doing vegetables. One of them became a farmer doing animals. And they both, from the fruits of their labor, brought their offering to God. However, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So if you're a note taker, take a moment and underline the words very angry. This is everything we know about Cain's offering. We're not actually sure. God's not specific. The Bible doesn't say why God did not like Cain's offering. But I am going to make one inference here by his reaction. Right when Millie came to me and said, Dan, you stink at giving Christmas presents. I said, no way, I can't believe you do that. But after a day or two, I said, okay, I'm sorry. I want you to be pleased with my gifts. What can we do to fix it? And her fix was, don't ever buy me one again. (laughs) But when I found out that she wasn't pleased, my attention became, what can I do to please her? Cain did not do that. Cain didn't go to God and go, oh my gosh, I'm sorry about that. Why did my offering not give you favor? Cain turned it inside and became angry. Just a little observation of focus. Cain's offering was not focused on pleasing God. Cain's offering was focused on making himself feel better. And when it didn't work out, Cain got angry. I'm inferring that reading, but again, this is as much as we know about Cain's offering. The only other glimpse we have about this offering is a verse out of the book of Hebrews. And if you've got devotionals that I was talking about earlier. Monday's devotional is going to be this verse out of Hebrew where in chapter 11 it talks about Abel's offering was done in faith. And because Abel's offering was done with faith and in faith, God looked favorably on it. In faith, Abel's focus was on God. Cain's focus was not. It appears to be focused on himself. So Cain's angry. God sees that. Verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. We're going to hang out and talk about this a little more But God's given Cain a warning. If you don't get your worship right, everything else is going to start to unravel. If we don't get our right attitude and perspective about our worship of God, the rest of what we think we're doing is going to come apart. And sin is crouching at our door. God's shooting a big flare up for Cain hey, this matters. I want you to hear that. Our worship matters. It matters to God. And if we don't get it right, it goes bad for us. It matters. Cain's response is he doesn't heed God. And in verse 8, now Cain said to his brother Abel, hey, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. It didn't take long in the narrative as we read it, did it? God warns Cain, if you don't straighten up the worship, sin is going to crouch at your door and get in. And out of what appears to be a jealous act, Cain kills his brother, jealous of his worship and relationship with God. It happened. Short little narrative, but there's some big truths in this little narrative that educate us about God and worship. So I just want to talk about some three things that I when I read this, we pull out. God judges our worship. Our worship matters to God. When we go through motions and do whatever it is that we do on a Sunday morning or personally, God is looking at that and he wants it to be pleasing in a way. Millie, can I get the next slide? God judges our worship. The first, when you go look at the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, the first two of them are I'm the Lord your God, don't have any other gods before me, and don't make idols, don't make graven images and worship them. The first two commandments are directly about worship. God cares about our worship. He judges it. And if we don't get that right, bad things fall from it. Now, we were reading a story about Cain and Abel, but we live in what the Bible calls the New Testament, where we know who Jesus is. And when we get to the point of where should our worship be focused, we are all aware we should be, and it ought to be focused on Christ. Christ. That we know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth lived a sinless life and did something for us that we can't do for ourselves. I've got a debt with God because of my sin, and there's nothing I can do to repay that. I'm working in the negative. I don't have any leftover equity to be able to pay that off. More or less, I don't have a chance of paying any of y'all sin off either. We're all in the same boat. But Jesus being the sinless sacrifice paid the price for that paid the price for all of my sins and all of yours and when we get that that i've got a debt with god my relationships with broken and and i need it healed and i realize jesus is the only one who can do that because of the sacrifice and debt that he paid for me by dying on the cross when i get that and put my faith and trust in what he's done But then that's when the transformation happens. I receive my free pass, my free ticket to heaven. Right? I'm set for eternity, but I get to live in the Holy Spirit right now today. If you've never thought about that before, man, think about starting off the new year moving in that direction. Not only did Jesus pay the price for our sins, but three days after he died on the cross, he rose from the dead to demonstrate he has power and authority over sin and death. And we put our faith and trust in him. We're forever transformed. Man, let's make 2023 the kind of year where we get what it is our relationship with God can be. And we can start asking ourselves the question, I want to be able to have a relationship and worship this God because He's worthy of our praise. He loves us. He is love. He sent His Son to heal our relationship with Him. He deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. But we need to, we need to do it in a way so that it's pleasing to Him. We need to do our worship in a way that's pleasing to Him because sometimes when we get to worshiping God, then we're not always worshiping God. Sometimes we aren't worshiping God. We think we are, but we're not. Sometimes we get into the music and do that stuff because it feels good. I didn't get any on the keyboard. It's okay. Millie, can I get the next slide? Sometimes we aren't worshiping God. We get focused on other things. Sometimes we show up on Sunday mornings because we feel good. I like the band. I love when Nia sings. Right? We get focused on other things, and we lose sight of worshiping God. And I'll be honest, when I'm not in the band, man, I struggle with this. When I visit another church, um, so confessions of your pastor, when I visit another church, you know, a band comes up, worships, comes on. I'm a musician. I lead the band sometimes, so I understand what's supposed to go on. I spend the first three songs critiquing what they're doing, right? I'm there, oh, la, 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 la. there was a bass riff there. He missed that. Oh, man. La, 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 la. Oh, man, she didn't hit that note. They should have changed the key of that song. La, 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 la. The drummer's too fast. And he needs to slow down. This isn't, la, 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 la. That's all I'm doing for the first three songs. La, la, la. I'm not focused on God. I'm analyzing the worship team. I've tried to not do it, but I can't stop myself. And I, I have to, it's the latter part. Hopefully they do more than three songs. Because the first three, I burn, No, reading through all the distractions in my head because I ain't focusing on God. I'm, it's not okay, but I haven't found the magic to do that other than if I immerse myself in that moment enough, eventually I get through all that nonsense and I actually enter God's presence and I start focusing on Him. So I'm aware of my, my struggle in worshiping God. And we're not going to spend, I, I don't know that we're going to spend time in this series, but there's something to be said for preparing for worshiping God. Right? When we show up on Sunday, when did we start getting ourselves ready to be focused on God? Did it happen in the car ride in while you're yelling at the kids? <laughs> did it... Did it happen when you stopped at McDonald's for your power breakfast? Thank you, Jesus, for this McMuffin. (laughs) Or does it happen maybe Saturday night? Do you take a minute Saturday night and go, you know what? I'm going to be worshiping God tomorrow. Where should my heart and mind be So that when I'm driving, when I'm stopping for breakfast, whatever it is I need to do, I'm already in the place and I'm ready to worship God. Think about what it is that we do so that we get focused on the person who we think we're here to worship. Sometimes we, we um, do it to feel good. Some of us here, right, there are organized, structured people around us who like to make lists and check things off the list. There are people who show up on Sunday morning so that we can check the thing off the list. Oh, went to church. Boop. I'm a good person. Check. That would not be a great reason to come to church and worship God. We want to be focused in, in depth in a relationship with him, not checking it off on a box. Sometimes we get focused on people. Sometimes people get enamored with worship leaders or pastors, and they show up. I want to, I want to go because I want to hear this guy preach. I want to go because I want to hear this person uh, sing. We do. We just do. It's an attraction. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But at some point of your journey and experiencing that, we need to go, all right, it's okay that that person's speaking or that person's singing or that person's playing an instrument. That's okay, but I'm going to get focused on God. And I'm going to appreciate maybe what they did, but I want to get my attitude focused on God. There's other warnings in the Bible about things that distract us from worshiping God, right? Um, In Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 24, it talks about money, that you can't, you can't serve God and money at the same time. So besides what's going on on Sunday morning, there's just this other bigger life things that go on, that if I'm focusing on money and I can let money, it's a great object lesson. Money, we can use that to drive our decision-making in our life. And if, when we're doing that, we are not focusing on what God wants and His will for our life. And it puts us in a place where I can't worship Him because what I'm really worshiping is our money. In, in Matthew 5, 23, 24, um, it talks about our relationships with other people. And there's a point in Matthew 5 where Jesus says, if you know you did something to hurt your brother or sister, leave your offering on the altar. Don't bother. Leave it there. Go be reconciled with your brother or sister. Then you can come back and worship. When we have this continuity in amongst us, in our relationships, it impedes worship. God simply, Jesus simply said, Don't bother. If you don't have things cool with the people you're, you're in relationships with, don't even bother coming to me. Do go get that resolved as best you can first. Next week. We're having a good time downstairs. Next week, which is good, good. As long as I hear screaming and no ambulances, all's good. But another thing to think about is sin. Impacts our ability to worship. Next week, we're going to talk more about some personal relationship things and how that works with God. But there's a verse in that this woman is having a conversation with Jesus, and Jesus says, People need to worship me in spirit and in truth. And when we are living outside of God's will, habitually doing that, man, it just grieves the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. And we can't show up and pretend that we're okay. The, the habitual sin that we're carrying around with us gets in the way of our ability to worship God. We grieve the Spirit inside of us, and that's not honoring, and it's not pleasing to Him. So those are some things we're going to talk about more in the weeks to come. Today, I'm just shooting a flare-up. Hey, you know what? It matters. Our Worship matters. And for the next four weeks, I want us to be focused on, where am I at with that? Because I don't think we stop and ask ourselves very often, is my worship okay? There's a consequence if we don't do that. If we don't get the worship right, misdirected worship invites sin, right? The sin can influence the worship, but if we're not focused in the right place, we can also invite sin into our life. Millie, could I have the next slide? Just the fact that you show up to church and yay, songs, yay, um, oh, Dan made me laugh three times, woo! Go home, and if that's all you got out of it, we missed the mark. That dishonored God. He wasn't pleased. If we're doing things that's not making him happy, that's sin. So misdirected worship to start with is sin. Now I want to take it a step further, right? Let's say I do that and I get really good at it. Then I can show up and I can do the worship thing, completely ignore God, and go home and think I'm doing okay and feel good about myself. What am I really doing? I'm rehearsing ignoring God. That's not really a cool place to be. Right? So, I'm going to, more confessions from your pastor. Yesterday, Millie and I were going around for a ride for a moment. I'm driving, she's riding. And what does Millie do while she's riding in a car? She's sharing stuff with me. She's doing this for like, we're we'll probably at the seven, 10 minute mark somewhere. And she stops and says, Are you listening to me at all? And I'm like, Huh? <laughs> It was three minutes. All right, whatever. All right. And he wasn't listening. <laughs> so I, I see husbands leaning over, looking down. Wives, evil eyes are turning around. Right. It happens. Right. With in my relationship with Millie, I can get really good at what's how does it go. Right. Uh huh. oh yeah yeah if I can get that timed right I can get away with a lot (laughs) I I can practice and rehearse ignoring Millie and get really good at it and that's not okay it's not fruitful it's funny to laugh at but it's not okay I can practice and rehearse ignoring God and get really good at it. This is one of our opportunities to go. Wait a minute. I'm not supposed to be ignoring my God. I need to get my attention focused. What the heck are the things in my way? Why aren't I doing that? There's a danger here. If I get practiced and really good at ignoring God, as I'm living the rest of my life, I will make terrible choices. And my life will drift away. And in the moments when I need to be hearing His voice, guiding and telling me what to do, I will be dead as a doornail. Because I've been practicing and rehearsing ignoring God. You see why this is a big deal? We can't have an in-depth and growing relationship with our Lord if we're not focusing on Him here in these moments. This is, this is training. Besides an opportunity to actually worship God, this is training time so that Monday through Saturday, I can start to do it well. I can know how to hear from God through His Word. I can know how to be focused on Him in my song and other things. This is an opportunity to train worshiping to please God in the coming weeks we're going to talk more about what that might look like in the coming weeks we are going to have a Sunday where we're going to talk about next week we're going to talk about just personal what does personal worship God look like what are the things I need to be concerned about for myself the next Sunday we're going to talk about corporate worship what is this supposed to look like? Um, Andy Stanley, in his leadership stuff, asks, says you should be asking this of yourself and your teams. What are we doing and why are we here? And so in two Sundays, we're going to be answering that question. What do we think we're doing and why are we here? And you know what? As I was doing my research and pulling that together, I found something we're missing. Oops. Oops. And so the Sunday after that, we're going to do something. Gosh. We're going to do something at North Valley Church that we've never done before. Because we've been missing the mark. And we're going to make a course correction. God doesn't need perfection. He wants us to continue to pursue him. I hope that you all are able to hang on for the ride for the next few weeks so that we can deepen our relationship with God, put us in a place that we can focus on Him, and let that drive, motivate, and fuel our relationship. It matters. It matters to God, and it's going to matter to us. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And while they are, I just want you to just, again, we're going to talk more about it in the weeks to come, but just take a deep breath for a moment. Where am I? Where am I in my worship? of God? When we're about to do two more songs, if you struggle with that, just say, God, am I even focused on you? Ask ourselves that question. I don't think we ask ourselves that question very often. I know I haven't asked it for a while, and we're going to do a course correction in light of it. Ask ourselves the question, am I focusing on God? And if I'm not, and He loves us, He cares about us, He wants to forgive us, let's figure out what we need to change so that these moments can be about real worship that is pleasing to Him. Not to us, not to me, not to myself, but to him. Would you pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that we have the opportunity to worship, to worship you. You are loving. You care about us. You sent your son to to fix the relationship we have with you. Lord, you are worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise. Help us be mindful that The time we spend here on Sunday morning is really, really is all about you. You are the reason we're here. Help us to be able to be mindful of that, focused on that, and start wrestling with the question, God, are you pleased with my worship? Help us not be Cain. Help us not be self-focused. Help us to be able to admit where we might be dropping the ball. Help us to be able to be like Abel and to be able to, in our faith, knowing who you are and what it is that you've done and how much you love us, to be able to offer our worship to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.